0: Listening to Positive Pulse, I'm your host, Sandy Washington. We bring you positive news, inspiring stories, and helpful information. Thanks for tuning in. Positive Pulse. Positive news and entertainment. With your host, Sandy Washington. Well, welcome to the show today. I'm Sandy Washington. And in today's health and happiness episode, we're welcoming back our friend to the show, Dr. Ken Red Cross. And Dr. Red Cross is the founder of Red Cross Concierge, which provides a full spectrum of healthcare services and wellness counseling to executives, athletes and entertainers and even individuals from all walks of life as well. You may have seen Dr. Red Cross. He's appeared on many national television shows like The Doctors, HLN, CNN, The Insider, and even e-entertainment television. And we're so happy to have Dr. Red Cross with us again today. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Sandy. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me on today.
0: Absolutely. We're excited because you're going to help us in many ways. We realize this is our <laughs> winter months. I think when we talked to yeah. you before, it was back in the summertime, but you know what? We're in our winter months now, and this is the time of year we hear a lot of coughs, sniffling, stuffy noses, and everything. So we're happy to have you on the show today because you're going to help us in preparing ourselves and, and just start out by letting us know what are some of those elements that we should kind of look out for that are common during the this time of the year?
1: Absolutely, Sandy. Well, you're right. These are the times I always like to call them the winter woes because each and every year we know they're going to come. But one of the things we could do is we can talk about the importance of preparing and stocking up with some winter cold remedies and recipes to make sure that we can fight each and every time. So each and every year we have some things that are common. We deal with the flu, We deal with the common cold and we deal with sore throats around this time. So I decided to say, you know, instead of us just thinking these things just have to happen, why don't we think of some seasonal solutions to help us avoid having the the, the whole horribleness of kind of bringing us down for the whole season?
0: You know what? Seasonal solutions sounds wonderful to me because, you know, we don't (laughs) want to keep our kids out of school. We don't want to have to miss work. And many times it brings us to that because we haven't prepared ourselves. So what are some of those things that we can do to avert that
1: yeah you know the first thing we have to address obviously is influenza because that's what we start to really worry about this time of year usually it starts around october And believe it or not, Sandy, it can extend all the way out into May. But this year has been a little different. We saw the flu come a little bit earlier in some other parts of the world. And so that always makes us a little bit nervous. Now, this is the time of year where we're having parties and we're traveling more. And obviously the change in weather, which is always a setup for the flu or influenza. Now, those symptoms that we have to be aware of are ones that I think are common to a lot of us, such as body aches, fevers and chills. But when you're talking about influenza, and especially me in my office, it's not just about the flu but it's a complication of the flu, which tends to be pneumonia. And that's what typically can kind of, kind of end up leading a lot of deaths each and every year that we have to really talk about. Now, some good seasonal solutions. There was a newer study that showed that there was a modified omega-3 fatty acid. So that's actually fish oil. And the fish oil was shown to actually interfere with the replication, or let's just say interfere with the growth of the influenza in the in the studies that we saw there. So there's a place for us to consider fish oil to help on the natural side of things um, help with influenza. Mm -hmm. There's also another thing that we should consider stocking up on. There is a low-cost homeopathic remedy, and it is called oscillococcinum. Now, oscillococcinum is interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's been shown to decrease the severity and the duration of flu-like symptoms within the first 24 hours. What else is also important is that oscillococcinum showed in studies that within 48 hours, people felt there was a complete resolution of their symptoms or at least marked improvement. And that's great this time of year. Not only that, it was good for kids two years of age and older, which is wonderful because we found out that some of these things that we thought we could give to our children, we actually can't. And so there's a space for this in everybody's cabinet to make sure that we tack those flu like symptoms as they come on.
0: Wow, that is good to know because then, like you said, the children can be helped because we're yeah. always going, okay, let's give the child this but then when you go to read the directions on the back it's like don't give it to children under 12 and this is all natural is what i'm understanding right okay
1: exactly and and that's one of the things that we should all be looking for one of the things I, I always love to joke about in my office but I'm actually very serious is that my goal is not to have to pull out my prescription pad uh-huh. let's think of some things that are in our cupboards and that are a little bit closer to the earth
0: that is awesome I love that part of you I love it the natural side <laughs> that's good. yeah exactly and yes. that's
1: the key and that's the key now one thing I should mention before we leave talking about a little bit of the flu is that the flu shot because that's always so controversial so I wanted to make sure that this year's flu shot looks like it is effective. I'm not always a proponent of the flu shot because some years we haven't done such a good job, but this is one that we want to consider, especially if we have small children at home and older relatives in the house as well, because we want to protect them as well. So it's something that we need to think about. The flu shot takes two weeks to kick in. So when you think about it that way, you want to make sure that you get it as soon as possible.
0: Gotcha. So I think sometimes, you know, when people talk about the flu shot, like you said, it takes two weeks to kick in. So I think that's a key thing that you just said. So we don't want to, like, get a cold and it's leading into flu. That Which brings me to this. Let me ask you this. Sometimes you don't know, like, you're coming on with a cold. You don't know if it's the cold. You don't know if it's the flu. Mm-hmm. You don't know mm-hmm. when you need to go see the doctor doctor. So how will we know the difference between a cold and a flu?
1: Now, see, that's a great question because that's the thing that usually brings everyone to the doctor's office. They feel they have the flu, they don't know. So I'll tell you this, when you're thinking of the flu, think of it more as body symptoms. So we're talking body aches, fevers, chills. When you're thinking of the common cold, let's think of more upper respiratory symptoms, such as stuffy nose, runny nose, maybe some sneezing. Now, there can be some back and forth between the two, but common cold tend to be a little milder than actually influenza, which really knocks you down for the count. You know, the common cold is also not the same as influenza because they're totally different viruses that cause it. The common cold, you're thinking of the rhinovirus or the adenovirus. It's a total different set, so they're not the same. Now, some seasonal solutions that can help us for the cold is that with that stuffy nose that I mentioned, you can look at nasal saline. Nasal saline is helpful to help with some of the congestion. Something else that I even like to utilize is what's called a neti pot. Once again, a natural nasal saline rinse where you put a little bit of warm water, saline. You pour it in your nose on each side and it helps to clear out the passages. But one of the big, big things when you're talking about the common cold and you go to your doctor, do not be upset if they do not give you an antibiotic because they are correct. Antibiotics do not have a place when dealing with the common cold or even influenza because they are viruses and antibiotics are for bacteria. So there is no place for that here.
0: Wow. Thank you, Dr. Red Cross, because I didn't know that. <laughs> and I'm sure many of our listeners did not know that. We're always going, okay, let me just- just go get some antibiotics, I'll be fine. You know, right. see my doctor. Thank you for clarifying that as well. Is there anything else we can avoid and prepare for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so sore throat. Sore throats are always very debilitating. It seems like they last forever. You don't really know what's going on. It's usually around the cold flu season. But, you know, sometimes sore throats can become a little more serious to the point of having a longer fever or having a lot of swelling in the lymph nodes. So that's when you start thinking about strep throat or even mono. Now, out of everything that we're talking about today, strep throat is the only thing where an antibiotic is necessary. But guess what? It's because it's a bacteria. And strep throat is important because. Because strep can go to our kidneys and to our heart so that has to be treated with antibiotic there but then there's other things that cause a sore throat dry air molds dust so that's why it's important that if you have a sore throat for over a couple of days come in and get evaluated now once again thinking about things that are closer to the earth let's talk about honey so honey has been shown to be very beneficial for sore throat so honey with warm water and lemon can be incredibly helpful Another thing, and this is apple cider vinegar. Now, I'm convinced, Sandy, apple cider vinegar helps for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're talking about for sore throat, I'm talking about gargling with apple cider vinegar. Once again, it is less harsh than regular vinegar and has been shown to have some activity in helping to kind of numb the throat a little and help. And last but not least, let's make sure that we're going to text more than talk. When you're having a sore throat and maybe some laryngitis because the studies show that voice rest is the best way to deal with any hoarseness or any issues with your voice there
0: great information and the apple cider vinegar and you said to not only just take it internally but to gargle in this
1: case we're talking about gargling but you know there's a whole bunch of other studies out there that talk about a cap full of apple cider vinegar for a myriad of things whether it be Some help potentially with weight management or some help with blood sugar. Once again, we're not swapping out some of those therapies that we know work. But the point is, as an adjunct or as an additive, I absolutely love apple cider vinegar. So I can talk all day about that.
0: All right. Well, we got to get some of that apple cider vinegar, kept that stocked up <laughs> in our shelves for sure. All right. And, you know, I never would have connected. So, guys, we have to realize when we get that sore throat that, you know, if it turns over into that strep throat, not just a simple sore throat, mm-hmm. you know, I never would have connected it to interfering with the kidney or the heart if it's prolonged. Sure. So I'm seeing now that don't just say, oh, I just have a little throat problem and don't go get help. We know then that we need to get to the doctor and we need to find out more so that it doesn't get to the kidney and the heart level where that's infected by that as well. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Thanks for thank letting you. us know that because that is information that we need to know. All right. Well, thank you for providing that for us. Now, sure. how can we get more information?
1: So by all means, feel free to go to my website, which is drredcross.com. And please say hello. I'm on Facebook at Ken Red Cross MD. Twitter is at Dr. Red Cross. And you can even find me on Instagram, which is Dr. Red Cross. I love to meet new people and answer a lot of questions. So by all means, feel free to reach out.
0: All right. Well, everybody, we can definitely reach out to Dr. Ken Red Cross. He has his website, drkenredcross.com. You can also reach him out on Facebook, Twitter, social media, and he's very open to answering questions that you may have. And this is awesome. Thank you, Dr. Red Cross for coming on to the show again today. And we welcome you again in the future. We Want to have you back and back again so feel free to come back and join us <laughs> and uh, again everybody DrKenRedCross.com. You can go there and get more information. And let's make sure we take all of this helpful advice because, you know, we look at the common cold, we look at the flu, but we don't look at the things that some of these things can lead to that are not just visible right in your face there. We need to go and see a doctor. So thank you, Dr. Red Cross. We appreciate it. And thanks for all the great information that can help us through our winter months.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Take care and have a blessed week, everyone.
0: label, a message from the US Food and Drug Administration.
1: How well you know your primary care physician may affect your health. A new study in Annals of Internal Medicine finds that patients who are connected to a specific physician are more likely to receive guideline-specific care and to follow through with treatment than patients who do not know their doctor. Dr. Stephen Atlas is the author of the study. Connectedness refers to the closeness of a relationship between a patient and an individual physician and typically the sense that a patient will say, this is my doctor, and that a physician will look at their lists of patients and say, I know that person. Researchers looked at more than 155,000 patients in a primary care network. They found that patients who were not connected to a particular physician were less likely to receive recommended care. In addition, these patients were less likely to complete recommended testing for preventive and chronic illness care. For more information, go to annals.org.
0: Positive, Pulse. Positive news and entertainment. You've been listening to Positive Pulse. I'm Sandy Washington, thanking you for listening. Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter at Positive Pulse FM, and feel free to subscribe to our podcast at PositivePulseFM.com. Thank you for listening.